Hey guys, this is part two of the Rough Stuff podcast with Jimmy and Tyler from Snail Trail 4x4. If you haven't gone back and listened to part one, go ahead and do that first, and we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Thank you. Also, Tyler and Jimmy are offering our listeners 15% off both Morflate and Snail Trail, Snail Trail products. You can use code ROUGHSTUFF15 for that now. Can we take a quick little pause right here and talk about rough stuff? Because there's something that we didn't discuss on our podcast Mm -hmm. with you guys that I wanted to bring up and I forgot about it, but I want to talk to you guys about it. So let me interview you for a second. (laughs) Perfect. Because you guys do something really cool with the high school kids where you bring them in and you help teach them and um, like how to weld and learn um, the the trade and the apprenticeship program, right? I mean, it's like a really cowboy style of apprenticeship. It's like show up, you get paid, and you just yeah. got to be here for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. But it's kind of like apprenticeship. You're kind of like the, the shop lackey at that point. It's just like yeah. the yeah. new guy job, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, we got a ton of people from Delaware. That's so, where Tristan's from. and Chris. Uh, from, Chris. Yeah. from the way I I understand it, like the I think with like those guys, what they're looking for is like we'll have someone come in and they'll – have them try and weld something they'll analyze that weld and then give them some direction and that kind of can tell you a lot about someone if they can take some direction and then make it better very quickly because it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to like give some direction to someone and then and then make an adjustment if you listen mm-hmm. and you know everyone all these welders already have the skills they just need to be able to listen and change change something up and so i think that's generally what they're looking for if they're not gonna they, they just do like a basic weld test and then getting to know people down the road is a different story that just takes time. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. the the ability to listen and learn is is very important. And take feedback and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and and learn and adjust and, from the feedback mm-hmm. accordingly. Yeah, and, and yeah. some people adjust really quickly, and some, <laughs> some people like, don't, don't make any adjustment. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, right. cool, you know. yeah. We've also had quite a few students from uh, Sierra College from the welding program. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mm-hmm. forget the shop teacher's name, but Garrett was in contact with him for. Quite a it's while. changed over time now, but, but I don't. Uh, Bill used to be. I don't think he is anymore. Okay, Bill so he was the one though that was sending us. You know, that's where Allie came from. That's where Daniel Vance came from. Hmm. So we were doing a lot of coordination with them. To, mm-hmm. They were coming straight while still being students, straight yeah. over here to test and you know find a place in the shop and things like nice. that. So yeah. we've worked at Delaro and a lot with Sierra College mm-hmm. as well. And I think that's really a cool thing to do for the community. You know, there's not a lot of companies out there that'll take somebody that's absolutely green and still in school and like kind of help them refine their trade, you know, and teach them and um, give them some education about yeah. it. And then, you know, either one you guys get a good hire out of it mm-hmm. or two, you know, you're helping them learn for their next position that they're moving yeah, on to. I think it's good for both of us on it cuz they're getting experience mm-hmm. and then we're also getting like a good a good quality person that wants to weld and wants to like learn yeah. more so we're both gaining from it I think, yeah you know? yeah you know it is there's a lot of apprenticeship and a lot of mentoring and stuff but it is still through a job you know there, there's yeah. no like time volunteer or anything they're all getting paid the whole yeah. time so it's definitely you know the honest pay for honest work but they get the opportunity to talk to the guys that have a million certs and they've been doing it for years and years or guys that i've only learned this through my own you know yeah. creations yeah. And we've had people that have no formal school and they're some of the best welders we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had some people show up that have a million certs and they're Terrible. not great welders. <laughs> yeah. 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 They may have passed the test, but they, you know, sure. on the day to day, maybe not so much, but it's cool uh, for our guys to be able to put that wisdom down, especially on like consistency levels, you know, because uh-huh. like kind of back to like the guy that's got all the certs, he may have passed the test, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee they can hit it every time and have mm-hmm. it look beautiful every time. And, 
kind of fulfill the task perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And again, it's a lot of like, it's, it is difficult in like any, I think career when you're starting out to like gain experience. And so it's a good, like a lot of the, some of the stuff we do is a good starting off point. And then over time it can turn into more. Right. But yeah. yeah, So we're just, again, like we're both benefiting from it. Yeah. And we, you know, Mm -hmm. we, there's luckily we have a school nearby that there's a, there's a program where we can kind of, get these people that are interested have a good in a relationship with them. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And the teachers cool. are vetting them for us. So mm. they're not going to recommend them if they have an attitude problem or an attendance right. issue. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that is helpful for us yeah. in their recommendation. I also yeah. wanted mm-hmm. to add guys and gals, cause we do also have um, some females in our shop as well. Nice. Just want to throw that mm-hmm. in there. Definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Did you have any other questions about no, that? No, I just wanted to bring it up because it's a really cool thing that I don't think many people understand or know that that is going on behind the doors that you yeah. guys are helping out the community in that way. So oh, I, just wanted, I wanted to up. talk about it when we interviewed you and I just, I just lost, we got fell into other conversations. So yeah. we were talking about welding. It reminded me and I wanted to say, <laughs> cool. bring Very it up. Cool. Yeah. Honestly, one of the cooler sides of it, a lot of the guys, uh, or not a lot of the guys, but some of our staff have, you know, they kind of come out of their shell more, you know? They may have just been going through metal shop, hood down, just doing the task, but then they mm-hmm. come here and they're, it's more of a it's big team environment. Big yeah. team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You guys are really family oriented in your, you know, in the company, which is fun. I mean, like we just passed Dan Day, which is a great <laughs> event to come out and play and see <laughs> the community. And, you know, you have like a big old barbecue for your whole entire crew. You know, and then you do great events, you know, um, and, and giveaways as well. So it's, I mean, I'm sure you guys even have smaller things that go on that nobody, you know, that you don't really advertise about, you know, and it, I know that that's one of the fun things about rough stuff that I enjoy. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we've tried to build a, you know, a family and a community and things like that. We're, we're very fortunate out. to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. have people that want to be a part of it. You yeah. Know? Cause yeah, not it comes from the top wants to be a part of everything, yeah. you know, and, and it's cool to have staff that are stoked. And we know it's, it's like really easy to get tunnel vision on just like what we're doing, what we're working on. Mm-hmm. So sure. we have to like actively sit down and be like, Hey, what can we do? What can we, um, yeah. how can we make this more fun? And it's mm-hmm. not always fun. Like we're always, we're working. Right. And we it also do stuff. It is yeah. a job. Yeah. <laughs> but we also are trying to make it like not like so boring or not. And, right. and also even some of that might be like some, just more freedom like yeah whether it's uh just being able to communicate with like every department like some places mm-hmm. just don't want you to talk or you know yeah. Ron, yeah. Like, as strict it's more like you gotta get stuff done and and work during your hours but we're not you know you, you can still talk to anyone you yeah. want here we're not like yeah, yeah. yeah we have a very open door policy yeah. we've mm-hmm. also always encouraged if you want to stay late and learn how to weld if you want to yeah. stay late and do um a couple examples are we had we have this guy, Kyle, who was in the shipping department and then he wanted to learn how to weld. So we started staying late, asking the right questions, practicing. Then he was in the welding department. Then we started, uh, we got another warehouse called the receiving department. And he said, well, as much as I liked doing the welding, I see an opportunity to be a whole new department. So now he's the receiving manager and he has an employee directly under him. So nice. you can, yeah. we, mm-hmm. we always say not every single position has, you know, infinite potential, but if you can navigate and how he sort of molded into these different scenarios, he was able to open a lot of doors for himself. Yeah. And what's really cool is right now, um, I think two days ago they were back at it, but now Kyle is staying late after work with uh, Mike uh, Mike B out of machining and Ryan out of janitorial to teach them how to weld. Nice. And they're really good welders. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. They're really good Neat. at it. It's That's shocking cool. how good they are. And so <laughs> it's kind of cool to see him pass that back down kind of 
the same level of like, yeah, I'll hang out after work, show you how to do this kind of yeah. thing. I think Somebody that goes for him, you know, with like any job too. Like if you show like interest and devotion and like and invest mm-hmm. your own time mm-hmm. in learning yeah. something instead of like expecting like a business to be like, well, why don't you just pay me to learn this? It's yeah. like, no, yeah. no, no, it's not. You don't get a raise before you do the work, right? <laughs> yeah. You do the work yeah. and you get paid for it. Yeah. And so it's cool to see like the initiative just in any in any industry, I think. Mm-hmm. You have people that are just like hungry for information and, and want to just take on more. Yeah. yeah. Our um yeah, our shop foreman, Chris, he came directly from Delaro at uh very close to eighteen years old, but we only hire eighteen and over. And um he wanted to be in the shop and we told him come back when you're 18 and his birthday was fairly close and he came back right when he was 18. <laughs> was a shaved head, ready he, to had, go. he had really long dreads and he'd shaved them all off. Not that we asked anything, but you know, he was like, I'm taking this very seriously. Machine, yeah. And wow. he came in, um, just, I think sweeping the floors, helping out where he anything could. And possible. that was yeah. like 2013. And now he's the shop foreman. So he wow, runs cool. the entire shop. There's probably, there's one manager, two managers under him. And then under them, there, yeah, all leads. The employees. And then there's employees under all of them. Wow. So he, and you know, it's, it's pretty amazing to watch yeah. someone grow from coming in se- at 17, asking if they could have a job to now. What is he now? 25? If that, yeah. He's honestly probably one of the younger shop foremans in this area. Yeah. And the amount of workload that dude can do is amazing did he grow organizational back? no no but he's had a mohawk since then he's got like longer hair yeah another person who doesn't really we don't ever chat about on this podcast is my assistant she came oh, yeah. from she actually worked at starbucks and i was looking for an admin assistant and she came in and she, and i didn't really care what their pre- pre-existing job was it didn't really matter to me i just felt like i could train them and she's now been here for I think close to three or maybe three or four years Mm -hmm. and she's helping help me out a ton and I just have trained her on everything I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she just excels, you know? Yeah. And so it's gas welding too. <laughs> no, no gas welding. <laughs> no, <her> specialty. <laughs> as much as you want to know and as she much might. as you want to grow, she probably could. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. yeah, that's kind of our MO here is, you know, the sky's the limit if you're willing to put in the effort. Nice. Yeah. We're honestly just very fortunate to have the capability, you know, and have, cause for us, like the guys learn how to weld, it's like, a little bit of consumables some wire and gas mm-hmm. here and there a couple yeah. of times a week but what they get is some way more and you know mm-hmm. maybe one day they can help us out when we need someone to weld something somebody's out yeah. sick for a day or something yeah pretty cool absolutely pretty cross, cross training i think is very important oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah big time yeah well, i'm gonna jump on some of these questions uh cool yeah you guys are obviously big toyota fans uh-huh have you ever had or thought about having marlon come on he would be so, a great person to interview. Oh man! How far? How, we, how deep do we, we want to go have, on Marlon? We've yeah. been trying to get Marlon and Mike on for the past. How long since High Sierra Four by Four? Yeah, when did we start? <laughs> we, so we started High Sierra Four by Four six months before we started this podcast. So uh, two years now. We've been trying to get Marlon and Mike to come on. Um, and the funny part about that is, my dad is actually good buddies with Marlon. And uh, Marlon does all the work on my dad's truck out of his own little personal shop, um, not out, no longer over at uh, Marlon Crawler. So um, every time I talk to my dad, I'm like, hey, did you bug Marlon yet today? Yeah. <laughs> Have you bugged Marlon today? Have you bugged Marlon? And, um, and Marlon keeps saying, 
Oh, that would be great. I yeah. would love that. You know how Marlon is. Yeah. So his, how his, you know, he gets into his talking, how excited he gets about stuff. Yeah. Um, and we, we've talked, I've gone in and like the only success we've had in like nailing them down to talking or anything is when we showed up at the shop and said like, hey, can I talk to Mike real quick? And the front desk guys are like, why do you want to talk to Mike? <laughs> he said to come in and ask us so, um, you know, I've gotten to sit and talk with Mike at the shop unrecorded uh, about different things. And then, uh, you know, every time we mention it to Marlon and I keep running into them down at hammers and, and every time they're like, Oh yeah, we need to get on and do that. And <laughs> our original plan was actually to sit down and record with them at, uh, the crawl around up. Oh yeah. Uh, Marlon crawl around up this year. And then that all got canceled. So we're like, Oh, I guess we're putting off again, and I think yeah. what we literally just need to do is show up at the shop randomly one day that's with all the recording equipment and just do it. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just need to show up. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he's been a, he's been like our one of our bucket list item people mm-hmm. that we've been trying to get on the show. That and Dax Shepard. Yeah. Oh, we <laughs> know we we uh, DM'd him. We yeah. hasn't even opened and, it. And I don't know the why. Other one? Richard Hammond. Richard Hammond would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, God, Any was, of the top were, gear guys yeah, would be a blast. Yeah, and who yeah. else did we also get? Selena Gomez. No, we ran a contest and people were tagging Selena Gomez. So then we made fun of it on the podcast. And then people more people started tagging Selena Gomez. It was uh, it was <laughs> wonderful. our Instagram contest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, started, are you guys serious? Yeah. Dead serious. They started, we never spoke to her. She never yeah. responded or anything. Oh. People were just tagging Selena That's Gomez. So Selena Gomez funny. Richard entered. Hammond and Dax Shepard. Yeah. Are, are, they just started and we're like, you guys you're like because our giveaway contest was tag a buddy. And follow us in Gear Wrench Tools, and, and so yeah, they would... you and your buddy would win the oh, product. Each yeah. Yeah, yeah, you each. Okay, and people were tagging cool. Selena Gomez. And we're like, like tag- we're not going to be able Trump to get a hold and... of Selena Gomez to give her Gear Wrench Tools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to, but yeah, yeah. Right. you know, as much as she might want them, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. It became a little running joke, and we're and mm-hmm. so and finally we were like, all right, you guys, if you really want to keep tagging her, if she gets in contact with this, we'll give you an extra set of tools. I love it. And I it love became, it. Became a running joke. It yeah. was fun. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So are your guys' daily drivers also your off-road rigs, or do you have a set? What do you guys have? Um, currently... Yeah, why don't you start? Because my... I have a whole family. <laughs> <laughs> so currently, my daily driver has become my off-road rig, uh, my RAV4. So that center diff lock gets you a lot of places. <laughs> no, it doesn't really. Um, we actually had a, a listener joke, because um, I just tried to go up to Lost Lakes last weekend, and there's a, a pretty fairly easy trail that I've done in my forerunner, just two wheel drive without even really going into low gear at all. And, um, I tried to do it in the RAV4 and didn't work out too well. And the listener was like, well, that just means you got to pull the diffs and weld the, <laughs> weld the diffs up now, put them back in. I was like, yeah, that'd go over well in the RAV4. So, um, I have a RAV4 and then, uh, my, uh, off-road rig is the 94 forerunner that's currently undergoing a three, four swap right now. So, mm-hmm. Um, that'll be fun once that's done. Um, and then the, the end goal for that is to end up with nine and a half inch Land Cruiser axles under it um, on coilovers. Hey, and we then, sell those axle housings, by the way. I heard <laughs> you guys do, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the goal, I would love to run some rough stuff housings under there with uh, the ultimate rock crawling trailing arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the URCs. Yeah, you so got a set of those, huh? I do have a set of them. And I'm, I'm just kind of looking at everything. I'm like, I don't know exactly how i'm gonna package it yet without having to relocate the gas tank 
Yeah. So I kind of got to look into that and figure out if I'll be able to actually run those or if I'm just going to have to three link the front and the rear with pan hards and call it good. Um, so that's kind of my ultimate goal for that. And then I just put down deposit on new Bronco. Oh, nice. we just had a Bronco episode a couple, like two episodes ago. Uh-huh. Did you guys do one too? No, uh, we did uh, an update before like they a came breakdown? out. Yeah, like of what, like what the Bronco the... was should have or what they're saying it has, what the speculation gotcha. was. Yeah, but, we launched yeah. it, I think, the day before the two days before the premiere. Or something so, like that. what one did you put your deposit down on? The Badlands Sasquatch High package. Cool. There you go. Cool. Um, so, it'll, and once that comes out, once they finally get in touch and say, hey, we need the money, that's yeah. when I'll finally make the decision as to whether or not we're going to get it. But it's looking like we're going to end up getting it and then we'll end up selling the RAV4. What dealership um, did you pick? Uh, Auburn. Auburn, okay. Fold, Auburn Ford. So they've already gotten in contact. They're like, once we get a hold of one, we're going to have all the pre-order people come up for a VIP party. Oh, and that's cool. you'll get to check out the rig, the vehicle, nice. and everything. I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. You so, should vlog can it. Can I be your yeah. plus one? Yeah, I was yeah, right. say, I hope you'd bring Jimmy. He's yeah. the reason you're in this, yeah, right? Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it's that's my rigs right now. And I, at one time, I did have a dual-purpose daily driver off-roader, and that was an 07 Tacoma. Um, dual cab long bed, so 138 inch wheelbase, and it was it just it was stupid trying to get it through some of the trails I took it through. Um, IFS never solid axled it, and I finally got to start getting to the point where I was like, I'm doing some of the trails that if I break this, I'm not gonna be able to do my day job because <laughs> my day job <laughs> right. makes me drive 40,000 miles Becomes a year. Become stressful. Um, and so I was like, all right, I got to get rid of this and buy two separate rigs. And that's where the Rav4 and the first gen Forerunner came from. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So yeah. And what about vehicles. you, Jimmy? Uh, for a long, long time, I did have a daily driver crawler. Okay. A what solid was that? axle. It's the same um, the truck Bobcat. I have now, Bobcat, which is a 91 Toyota pickup. It was named Wildcat, and then I bobbed it, and so I renamed it Bobcat. Cute. Um, cute, cute. And then it's a solid axle swapped uh, Toyota pickup on 37s, dual case. Everything's pretty much been touched on it. And so that w- and I was driving it around like that for years. And then um, I got a Honda Civic. Nice. And then I blew up the engine and then i dropped a uh what their v tech version inside of it and then i blew up the transmission wow what are you doing yeah, donuts? i don't know i don't know just donuts nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. i blew a head gasket on the uh, the Yikes. first time and then i don't know what ha- the transmission either do you do your own of. oil changes or what i did yeah <laughs> i do maybe that for was the most it. part maybe <laughs> yeah so and then after that um, I bought a 95 Toyota pickup. So it was still pickup, not a Tacoma. So 95 is the weird, funky year. It's 95 is a pickup, and 95.5 is the Tacoma. That kind of um, looks more like the pickup, right? Yeah. 95.5, is that yeah. really a thing? Yeah. Half years. That's half years. And so I had that for a while, and I, that was my daily driver. And so then I, Bobcat started just being sitting. Oh. And But I'd take it out crawling, but it wouldn't you know, get driven around a lot. And then since then I bought an F two fifty as a tow rig. Um, I bought a um a nineteen ninety four two wheel drive Toyota pickup that uh, you guys saw in the shop that no longer has an engine in it, transmission, <laughs> axles underneath it's it. It's a shell. Yeah, and uh, that's gonna currently being fixed. And then I bought a donor truck that's Becky behind the shop, 
And uh, she's given a lot of her heart and soul up to Samantha, the build that's inside the shop. God bless Becky. (laughs) What a doll. (laughs) So um, I have, I think, currently five vehicles for that are registered. I was just going to ask you, the registration bills must (laughs) add up in California. They do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, It's a pain, but it's worth it. Of course. <laughs> you don't have any kids, right? What else nope, are you getting? Yeah, yeah. No, unmarried, Those are your no children. Kids. Yeah, they, <laughs> exactly. They cool. take all my money and all my time. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of off-roading do you guys prefer? Are you mostly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, rocks rocks, and snow. Um, my favorite is definitely snow. I love, love my snow wheeling. Um, and then I, I enjoy the rocks. It's a lot more technical. It's a lot more... Um, very minuscule variations i guess you can't really you have to be right on your line right and if you you just you know get off one to two inches and things can go bad very quickly and so i like that aspect of the very uh technical crawling side of stuff so you like the sweaty armpits and like the sweat down your back stress no i hate that that's how it sounds to me that's why my rig is i have all my windows they're all tinted and my ac works awesome good Good for you um so but uh it's it's just it's a lot of fun it's the rig is very kind of point and shoot now with the 40 inch 3950 irox on there and I'll do dual it. cased mm-hmm. way down so i just kind of sit back and it's almost turned me into a really bad off-roader i'll just kind of be going down the trail and hit my scrape my diffs over the top of rocks i'm like oh i thought i could clear that one. Oh well let's keep going <laughs> that's what happened with my toyota too i remember like going up on the slabs and i would just be like kind of point and shoot and then uh-huh. would just hit like a rock like right on my diff and just keep like hitting the gas and i drove over that parking stop right oh the mustang yeah that's the same thing yeah, I drove I it, all the way I think over. It's a little it. different. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> and what about you? What do you prefer? I enjoy rocks as well. Um, I am a sucker for going fast in the sand, um, though I don't have a rig that can do it. So, <laughs> so it doesn't happen as much as I would like. Uh, Bobcat definitely sucks in down in Pismo, and uh, when we were allowed to wheel out there, it, it just was a rattle can. But I now have a 2016 Tacoma. And that goes really fast in the sand. So nice. that's, uh, there you go. though yeah. it doesn't have any ground clearance. So it's, uh, you got to really pick your lines. I'm, I'm slowly pulling him into the snow wheeling. So yeah, I really <laughs> have never snow wheeled before this last year. And he was like, you gotta go, we gotta do it. And we went to uh winter fun fest this mm-hmm. year and yeah. I went out mm-hmm. on some, uh, some trail rides and actually like he's like put it in low low let's air your tires down let's just let it idle and i'm like no way i'm just gonna dig a hole <laughs> like i'm so used to the sand and i'd like yeah. bobcat would literally just go down if i did just that sink. in the sand yeah and uh yeah it was it's really a, it's a different style of wheeling wheeling but it was it was really interesting to learn kind of a new concept of wheeling so mm-hmm. that was it was fun were you out in the greenhorn quarry for that one we were up um it's a great area for snow saddle saddle pass um i forget what it's called uh, hmm. but it's up way up out of grass valley in um nevada city area yeah. so um it was fun it, it's a good time I, I just one of the things i absolutely love about snow wheeling is that it, you start out with one conditions at the beginning of the day and the conditions all change on you throughout the day so you have to adapt throughout the day and um there's inevitably always a point where you get to a point where you can't you just can't go forward anymore and that's when I start having fun. And that's when everybody else is like, screw this. This sucks. I'm out of here. Let's turn around and go back home. I'm like, no way. This is where the fun begins. It's when you the know, challenge it's gonna happens. Us, it's going to take us four hours to get the next 10 feet, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Are you pretty like analytical? 
I'm very analytical. Yeah. I'm overly analytical. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Like the te- the technical side of yes. things mm-hmm. sounds like very yes. appealing to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's funny. I'm yeah. really impatient, so uh, that doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like control also, and yeah. snow wheeling is a lot of slipping and sliding. It gets and a lot of stuff out of your control, and I don't like yeah. it. Do you fly? Uh, yeah. Well, like personally, I don't have wings. No, but yeah. do I fly? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of an open-ended question. Yeah. But yeah, do, do I you, fly? Uh, do you have problems flying? No, not at all. I don't mind flying. Um, was, let her sit up front. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She'd want to grab the, like, what are, no. they, are they wheels? What do they call those? Say the handles? Handlebars. Yeah. 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 I just don't like these sort of unforeseen events. And, like, mm-hmm. you're enjoying the challenge of it's different in the morning. And then mm-hmm. once it gets so cold, like, if it rains and then it's so cold that um, it's that ice is icy, over. Uh-huh. it's just terrifying mm-hmm. to me. So I've talked about it on a million episodes. Everyone's like, shut up. Yeah. We get it. But yeah. it's just too scary for me. It's like I don't enjoy hydroplaning on the freeway either. But it sounds like <laughs> you probably do. You enjoy it. Every once in a while I hit that and I'm like, ooh, that was fun. No, that I get again? that like uh, like heart in your throat sort of feel. I have it uh-huh. right now just talking about it. <laughs> I don't like that feeling. It's just not for me, which is weird because I do enjoy some sort of like, not extreme sports, but some We've done like zip lining and we did rappelling and um, is that what's called rappelling in mm-hmm, Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that kind of stuff with my body, but you're relying well, on another horseback riding that she did not like that. No. Oh, I was gonna say the two <laughs> things you just told us about, you're actually like harnessed into something, but that... I feel like my <laughs> hands and feet like I can yeah. stop, yeah. but yeah. yeah, you know what? Snow wheeling reminds me a lot of riding a horse, I can't control that thing yeah. it can it can make its own yeah. choices it feels like it. <laughs> maybe you feel differently you just but, don't know your rig yeah well i don't have one but yeah. when yeah. garrett did yeah that's mm-hmm. kind of my you know not not comfortable yeah. for me i don't know why gotcha. but you sparked a memory where one of my first time when i was very green and wheeling i went out to fordyce and it started snowing on us and it got so cold it was raining and it got so cold that it iced over and i couldn't make it out committee out the ledges there and mm-hmm. I would just it was iced over and I just slide into the tree <gasps> and I would stop before I hit the tree because I like trees <laughs> <Yeah>. but um, <laughs> but I couldn't get out and I had two other buddies and they like I backed out of the river and my two other buddies tried hitting it and they couldn't get out and luckily this jeep on like 40s and one tons came by and it's just it took him like an hour of trying Aww. to finally and there's no winch Dang. points there yeah, you know it's just a big old granite bowl at that point and so he got out and then he pulled us all out Wow. And then um, I was like, and that might be why I've hated snow wheeling for all yeah. this time. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a crybaby, but I like to know that I'm going to go home and mm-hmm. within like the next three hours where uh, when it actually... She's, like, she's on a schedule, like everything has to be like... <laughs> I'm just like, I want that. to go yeah. home and sleep in my bed. I don't want to be stuck till... And yeah. then it gets dark and so I'm, right. not, a, I'm not afraid cold. of the dark. Mm-hmm. But... I, have, I have a question for you. Yes. And this has come up quite a few times on our podcast. Um are you okay with wheeling trips turning into camping trips? What, unplanned? Or, you, uh, any, or planned? Either way. Uh, like, do you, do you make I a like distinction between things. camping trips and wheeling trips? I like my, so I'm like, I, well, the, where's my pillow? Did I bring my pillow? So if I was if planning was planned, to, yeah, yeah, if it were it planned, planned, certainly. If we're going to, you know, maybe camp here or maybe camp here, that's fine. I got all my face creams. <laughs> I got my eye mask. I got my slippers. That's fine. But if we were there and I was planning on going home at a certain point 
that's when like the sort of anxiety and now the transfer case is in five pieces yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't leave and then you add snow to it that's like another more stressful dynamic where if it's beautiful and sunny and we're at the rubicon and it's you know june it's mm-hmm. not as well then it starts to get hot but it's not but the nighttime is fine the evenings yeah. are cooler it off. yeah then it's not so scary but if you're telling me it's going to get dark and we're going to be here all night actually i think uh ryan our sales guy didn't he leave his forerunner overnight or a couple days i think he was the one a couple years ago he couldn't get it out and it sat there for a couple days and he had to they had to go back and get it yeah Yeah, and even just that story or do you guys remember it went sort of like locally viral maybe maybe five years ago um, that that got buried under (laughs) they left it there yes Mm -hmm. and i mean that's stressful so (laughs) i don't know all winter that was all yeah i know that's a little extreme that was insane though that was like a worst worst case scenario yeah like 14 feet of snow or something on top of it. Yeah. yeah. The roofs were crushed in because of the, the amount of snow weight on top of mm-hmm. the vehicles. Crazy. Yeah. So if you just plan to have a camping trip every time you go wheeling and then you end up back at home that night, it's a, that's it's okay. okay, right? Yeah, that's okay. okay. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 We had a whole episode of discussing <laughs> wheeling versus camping with our significant others. Gotcha. And it was, uh, it was kind of those generic questions. Yeah. I'll have to go back and listen. Tell me what episode. I'll go yeah. listen. Yeah. 50 and 52. Yeah, 50 and 52. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's very interesting. It, I, I, yeah. I just don't like the unknown last minute and then throw really cold temperatures yeah. on top of it. Gotcha. She also just has that personality of like, she's kind of like type A where she's very organized and, mm-hmm. and just daily activities. So mm-hmm. it's not just wheeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Call yeah. me out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so shifting gears, I want to know you guys, what is your ideal budget build? And then what is your no budget build? What are the things you splurge on? And what are the things that you think you don't necessarily need to? Like and do you guys build builds, it like... together or yeah. <laughs> do you have yeah. your own? Do you guys have different tastes in what you prefer? Yes. I think I don't. Yes. Yes and me? no. Yes and no. He likes it taller than I do. Yeah. Okay. I like, I like my ground clearance a lot. So, um, you know, we, we tend to drive longer wheelbase vehicles. Um, and so having a, a little bit of a, a more ground clearance really, really helps in the type of wheeling trains that we have just with granite boulders everywhere. Um, I've been on trails, you know, with the, the 36, 37 inch IROCs on my first gen forerunner, um, and not getting hung up on rocks that JKs on forties and 42s are getting hung up on, uh, because of just the ground clearance that I purposefully build into my builds. Um, but in terms of a budget build, I think it would honestly be like a first gen forerunner, um, Yoda axles and dual cased and 63 inch leaf springs in the rears and the rears up front and it's classic, just call it good. The classic Toyota build. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then I don't know for my, my no budget build, yeah. I probably what I'm kind of what I'm building now, which is, I don't, I don't think it's a seriously out of the budget out of, you know, per se a crazy budget build, but, um, you know, I think the three four engine is a great in between engine. You can you can kind of go fast with it if you really want to, um, but it's a great rock crawling engine. Plenty of low end torque on it, especially once you get the dual cases under there. And um, so it's kind of a best of both worlds where you can you can go fast if you want to without having all the horsepower of just destroying everything. All your 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 drivetrain when you are rock crawling, you get stuff bound up. So. Um, 
I think ultimately I would love to have a 3RZ um, engine, a little mm. less power, a little less torque, but more power, more torque than a 22RE. And it's just, it's a great phenomenal rock crawling engine. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. yeah. I think we're pretty similar on a budget build, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I would probably, but I'm, I guess I'm more of a pickup fan. Okay. And yeah, so, I like SUVs more. Yeah, he likes to be enclosed, and I'm more of a pickup fan. And so I'd probably do something like an extra cab, um, either second gen or third gen, um, or a, a first gen Tacoma, one of those kind of mm-hmm. rigs. Um, and then straight ax- Toyota axles and Toyota tra- um, transfer cases, and, you know, just plain and simple and uh, make it pretty easy. I mean, that's I think that's an excellent budget build vehicle. Unlimited? I've been talking a lot lately about um, a Toyota Stout, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is like a 67 I know through what you're 69. About. I saw one of those at SEMA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. So you'll have to explain it's, it to me. it's an even smaller mini truck, like smaller than a Toyota first gen pickup. It almost has like it's body lines like an international pickup. Kind of. Kind it of. has okay. blinkers. Yeah, its tiny. blinkers are on the hood in the very front, uh, like at the top. Almost on um, the front fenders, the front of the top of the fenders. Kind of, yeah. It's just a really small mini truck, and I would probably make it sort of a Baja four wheel combo. Like okay. if I could take that body and put it on top of an Ultra Four rig, that would be perfect. <laughs> okay, <you> <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm a very big advocate of like you can't have one rig that does everything. Right. Like you know, yeah. if I have an overlanding rig, that can't be my rock crawler. You know, mm-hmm. there's just different you see different things when you know with sort of different rigs and i would i have a rock crawler i kind of have an overlander and i need a buggy is i what was gonna I need. say that's so, why you have like you seven buggy. vehicles yeah, at your yeah, house right, right. <laughs> definitely and so i would i like the old school i like the the old school look with new school technology yeah i'm a fan of that as well mm-hmm. okay yep. interesting um how many toyota transfer cases is too many <laughs> um, once you can't reach the lever anymore from the <laughs> but then you just build extensions to come forward you got an SUV you got one person in the back <laughs> there you go yeah I think yeah. it depends on what type of wheeling you do um, if I was to keep one of like if I were to have a 90s truck that was only going to be up on 35s i would probably say two transfer cases with stock 2.28 is perfect okay because you don't really need to go crazy crazy low in that but if you start really getting onto 40s with the bigger tires and you're changing the gears and the diff and then you know you're hitting things like soup bowl you know like yeah okay maybe you want to be a four seven in one of them and then you're hitting that in second gear you know and so you can kind of play it the more like the, what the fun part about the 4.7 is that it's almost equivalent to two 2.8s. So monster. Yeah. So if you put it in four, seven, that's the same as putting two stock T cases in low. So you gives you more variety of gearing options, um, mm-hmm. that way. So you, instead of like 10 gears, now you have 15 gears. Mm-hmm. So, but I really don't think you need to go much lower than that. I mean, no. with my truck, I think I'm at like 250 ish two. 45 to one gear ratio. What did Mar- didn't Marlon do something crazy? He's, he has the triple cases the set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his final gear ratio is around 1200 to one, something like that. <laughs> How many four sevens does he have in there? I think it's three, four sevens. Oh geez. Yeah. yeah something like that. Well, um, Mike's is amazing. Yeah. The Mike's 500 and something, right? It's yeah. awesome. He has two four sevens and a two eight, I believe. Yeah. So, so cool. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I don't, I mean, there's a point at which you, you're just going, I mean, besides showing off and standing out of your rig and having your vehicle that. move yeah. four yeah. inches Walking in an hour, you. <laughs> you know, like, hey, yeah. snail trail, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> that was sort of the whole th- thought behind the mm-hmm. process there. But yeah, it's besides showing off. Yeah, I don't. Two cases, either stock or four seven, I think is a great option. Mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. So I saw you guys did an episode a while back called uh, "Skid Plates or Rock Sliders First. Can you save yeah. me the two hours and just tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I think we went with Rock Sliders. Rock Sliders. Was what okay. We decided on Why that. did you guys choose that? Um, just because skid plates, they're nice to have, but when you're rock crawling, you should be putting your tires on top of the rocks and not your transmissions. So, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> you're, so you're more likely to ding your body panels and your, your rocker panels before your transmissions if you're doing if you're, you're rock crawling so if you're doing it properly if you're doing it properly exactly because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there is there is a proper protocol yes. right <laughs> i agree with that yeah Zach, yeah. do you agree? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Okay, good. Jimmy, did obviously you're on, you were on the episode. Yeah, I agree. And didn't uh, Rough Stuff just come out with some custom rock sliders? We did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I pointed like four people at them lately, especially when cool. you guys had it with the deal of the day. I had somebody yeah, yeah. say, "Hey, do you know any rock sliders for a Nissan Xterra?" And I was like, "Yes, Here I you do." Go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I, you. I don't have any idea what would fit, but. Check these out because there's four sizes. Yeah, if you cool. drive it, we got a kit for it. Yep. Yeah. Grab four. Oh yeah. Four oh yeah. We can make it fit. <laughs> we. I got to practice my welding. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I might, go. I think I might try and make, put them on my F one fifty two just for like steps. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. Why, yeah, yeah, why, yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I think you get a pretty good deal too. They're, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's all right. They're yeah. budgeted for the Samantha build. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not for Becky though. No, I don't know what's going to happen with her. I feel bad for her. Yeah. That's going to be the buggy. Traded like a, Maybe like a traded or it's going to be LS with full widths and mm-hmm. uh, 42s or something. We'll see. She'll, she'll have her time. Okay. She'll go. come to shine. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so I think we've kind of already covered it, but what has been your guys' COVID-19 projects? It sounds like you've been working on your four-door forerunner, right? Uh-huh. And yep. you've been, you know, taking apart Becky and putting it into Samantha. Samantha. Yeah. Is that kind of the rundown of what <laughs> Samantha? Is that is that kind of the breakdown of what your guys' COVID nineteen projects have been, or did you did you take on anything else? What did you guys do? Did you guys have um, extra time? Well, there's always maintenance on our own rigs mm-hmm. that kind of take precedent, you know, because if I don't get to go wheeling, then you know, I get I become sad. Yeah, Samantha's de- definitely been sort of a priority, but um, lately it's just been going out because the weather's been nice and um, we're kind of allowed to go out into nature. Yeah. And that's one of the only things that we're allowed to do. Yeah. And so that's uh, taken a lot of the front row of going out and wheeling over, you know, sitting in the shop and working. So gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, my, my original COVID project was completely redoing my front axle and putting in six shooters and trending eliminators and, and some other fun stuff, redoing a, my Burfield, one of them. Um, and so I got that done like the first week, and then I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I ended up buying a house, and now I've been my, my project, my COVID project is building my garage out. Mm. So, um, now that I'm like starting to dive into welding, um, you know, I've got it set up with the 220 and, um, uh, I just got some three eighth 
uh, sorry, not um, a three quarter inch steel plates to put on top of my gear wrench toolboxes um, to create uh, eight, nine feet of just a steel countertop. Nice. Um, that okay. I can do whatever I want on. It's never going <laughs> to That is going to be so heavy. It's, yeah. They're 180 pounds a piece per steel. So <laughs> I had to go over and beg my neighbor to help me move them out of the car onto the, <laughs> the tool chests. Good. Which yeah. his neighbor is like a fitness fanatic, right? Yeah. And has a gym in his garage and he calls me and he's like, Hey, what are you doing today? You want to come help me move these plates? I'm like, why don't you ask your neighbor? Like yeah. the guy that lifts weights for a living. Yeah. yeah. Come help me with this. <laughs> like, yeah. like I move 12 ounce cans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a pro. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you buy a house during this whole COVID thing? Or? I did. It's so. like, read like the home homes are selling like crazy right now and Dude, I, crazy. Oh, totally, why is that um there was so there was a period of about two months where you weren't allowed to show a home so you couldn't go in and show people the house the realtors weren't allowed to go in nobody was allowed to go inside other people's houses right mm-hmm. in the real estate market so like there was a period of like two months where you just kind of had to buy sight unseen and that's you know when you're buying a house you're like i don't think i really want to do that and so uh so there we got in and this lady we just caught it at the right time she was trying she had her house on the market for about a week before covid hit and then all of a sudden her real estate agent was like well we can't really show the house anymore so let's just take it off the market and so after a month of being on the market they took it off and they put it on like the week of everything kind of opening back up where they're allowed to show houses again and the lady at that point was just like, I want to, I want out of this house. Oh yeah. And so we were like the first people to look at it, put in an offer that, um, we were just like, it's a little bit out of our price range. So we're just going to put in what we can afford. And she took it. Yeah. And so we were like, that's Congratulations. awesome. Um, and so we ended up moving. I also got married in the middle of all this. Congratulations, you did. So, nice. yeah. Oh my gosh. Literally our wedding was the Saturday after they shut the state down. Wow. So, so March, like the second week or third week of March. March 21st was the mm-hmm. wedding. So um, we were literally getting there and everybody's calling us like, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, this, <laughs> this COVID thing is kind of yeah. getting a little out of control. And we're like, we're still planning on having it. We understand if you don't want to show up and travel and be there, we totally get it. Don't worry about it. Um, and then we had so many people, you know. Still come? Um, not coming. Saying oh. they weren't going to come oh, anymore. Gotcha. And then finally, uh, that Sunday night, I think, before the Saturday of the wedding, uh, the governor kind of said, all right, we're shutting down wineries, breweries, any kind of social gathering spot. We're shutting it all down. Restaurants are all getting shut down. And then we're like, well, I guess there goes the wedding. What are we doing now? And we kind of stewed around and kind of had tantrums about it for a couple of days. And then some, we just jokingly were like, well, everything's going to go to Zoom meetings now. Why don't we just live stream the wedding? Wow. And then we're like, that's actually not a bad idea. It's very I, I have all the, We have all the audio equipment from the podcast to yeah. do it all. So um, we ran out to the, the vineyard um, the Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. to see if we got internet cell reception in the middle of the vineyard. We did. So at 4 p.m. Wednesday was when we had to completely replan everything to do a live stream for Wednesday's wedding. Gotcha. Um, so it was for fun. Saturday's wedding. Saturday, sorry. On Wednesday, Wednesday, from Wednesday to Saturday. 
So two and a half days, I think we had to replan and get everything That's lined ideal, up. That's ideal, I think. 48-hour yeah. turnaround. <laughs> That's was, pretty normal. <laughs> it ended up being fantastic. We had more people show up to the live stream than we invited to the wedding. Oh, wow. Um, so more people got to be a part of it. Um, and it was very short and sweet. You know, we had the ceremony on there for 20 minutes of live stream and then the first dance and then um, saying thank you to everybody. Uh, and then the rest of the day was just kind of hanging out with the the eight ten people that were there, the immediate family, the photographer. Um, I think that's it. And that kind of sounds ideal. <laughs> it, was, it was really nice. Yeah. We didn't have to hunt people down for pictures. Yes. We didn't have to play host and go around yes. and say hi to everybody. Make it your was speeches. Super relaxing. Yeah. 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 money on catering. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you <laughs> get refunded or did you get lose fifty percent? Uh, yeah. Typically, the, the caterers uh, lost. We lost fifty percent on that. We kept all the flowers because um, she was a local lady and we we really liked her and so yeah. we're like, hey, we really want to support you still oh that's nice so we kept all the flowers and, and found something to do with them gave some of them to the vineyard to put up and have around even though they weren't really having people over <laughs> makes and, them feel better <laughs> yeah um and then the vineyard they, they felt bad because they were like you guys completely lost a use of the venue and that was the main expenditure right right so they were like hey anytime you guys want to come back one one use event of the venue free of charge. You just kind of got to get it, get it in the schedule. The rest you, of Christmas party. No, right? <laughs> no, that's so selfish, Karen. You, you should have a one-year anniversary party there. Yeah. So that's what I would we've do. We've thought about that, but uh, the, the secretary, the, the wife, she's... Um, she's like, I don't want to plan anymore. Yeah, she, she had such I a bad that. experience yeah. with it. She goes, I don't want to plan it. I'll plan it. So a couple of our other friends were like, well, we'll plan it yeah. for you guys then. And mm-hmm. it's going to happen. We're like, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, well, you had a very exciting time during, you it's, know, quarantine. It's we, I, I, I kind of joke around that I never stopped moving. I never stopped going around and doing stuff, and it's it was even way more true during COVID. So <laughs> yeah, I never sit still. Everybody, I mean, I kind of laugh at people when they're like, "Oh my gosh, twenty twenty sucks," because I've had a, actually a really good year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I went to Hawaii in January. I went to Antarctica in February. Oh, I right. released my own he product on. I snuck in without. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get stopped on a cruise. Ship when yeah. I was yeah. down there. Goodness. You know, I released my own product this year, you know, and I got to do more camping, which is what I enjoy than I've ever gotten to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, thank you. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. It's been a wild year and you know, but and actually running my own company out of my own house hasn't slowed me down. If anything, it's actually enhanced uh, the podcast and the YouTube side of things. And you're already doing that at home. So you didn't yeah. have to have the challenge of switching yeah. things of around. And, yeah. yeah. My life really hasn't changed besides the fact I can't go to a restaurant. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or or, or anything. Right now, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's been a it's been a pretty good year for me, actually. Good. Which is, it, I don't think a lot of people say that. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would agree. With yeah, that, I definitely so. liked having less traffic on the commute. Yeah, that, that was, was nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like half the cars uh-huh. for so long. Mm-hmm. So just to wrap it up, we want to know, do you guys have any wild trail stories we can hear? Um, I mean, my wildest story is probably the one I alluded to earlier where um, the guy broke, you know, a mile, a mile and a half into the Rubicon. Um, what was fun about that one was I was the only one with a ham radio. And so uh, I drove ahead to the top of Walker Hill to the cell phone tree. And then between the ham radio reaching people on the 805 repeater, the N6ICW repeater, 
And then having cell reception at the tree and getting on Facebook, getting in touch with people over three and a half, four hours, I was able to source five sets of axles. Wow. Um, for this guy's rear Dana 35, right? And um, nobody wanted to bring them to the trailhead, though. Oh. Any of the trailheads. And I was like, I will meet you at any of the trailheads. And nobody could do it. And so I ended up being the one to go from uh, start at Loon Lake up to Walker Hill, sat there for four hours at the top of Walker sourcing axles, and then drove out Wentworth Springs out to WFO. And they were nice enough to leave a set of Dana 35s behind a bush and said, just slip the money <laughs> under the doormat. Sounds and, like a drug deal. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, and so got out there and then picked them up and came all the way back. It was a 12-hour day, and I met the guy... Uh, a good buddy who runs Rough Stuff Housing's Chai. I don't know if you guys know him. Uh, Chai Bun. Yeah. yeah. And Vicky. And, mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. Chai and Sue. Sue. Is and it Vicky, Sue? Vicky is one yeah. of their good friends. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, so he wheeled out to Wentworth Springs Campground and met me there. And I handed off the axles to him. And I was like, all right, so what's the plan? He goes, well, we're going to put them together. We I took the girls up to Buck Island and then came back. And we re- disassembled the guys entire rear axle there at the the walker hill camp spot at lower walker um so his axle's just sitting apart and you know they've got parts everywhere on a tarp and, and he goes all right so I'm, we're, I'm gonna go back now it's midnight right now we're talking about this he goes i'm gonna go back we're gonna put their axle back together and then we're gonna get them up to buck island and i was like are you guys sleeping before yeah. you do that and he goes no we're gonna do it tonight and i was like are so are they they're not turning around and come back out they're gonna keep going up the trail and he goes yeah, they, they want to keep going and do the whole thing. And I was like, all right, I'm not coming along for the rest of the yeah. trip. Then. I'm dead tired. I barely got to do any wheeling. I've been driving around on the freeway in the crawler all day. Um, so I was like, you guys have a great time. I'm going to sleep here, and I'm going home in the morning. Wow. So, um, I mean, it was it was definitely an experience and one that's taught me. Um, wheel, I, wheel alone. I was just going to say, don't offer to help yeah, anybody yeah. ever. No. Don't take a 35 on don't the Rubicon. Don't take a Dana 35 yeah. on the Rubicon. There you go. So, it kind of sounds like he drove the whole Rubicon, had a great time, and then yeah. Yeah. went back to town, came back. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he yeah, I, I told him beforehand because he was like, I just did like $10,000 worth of suspension work and a new engine in my TJ and everything. I was like, oh, cool. So what axles did you put under it? And he goes, the stock ones. And I was like, you did all this work and you didn't do anything with the axles? And he goes, yeah. I was like, I don't, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but you're open, open on a Dana 35. I don't really think you should be out on the Rubicon. <laughs> and, and he goes, no, it'll be fine. And I, was, I was like, dude, I really don't think you should be there. And then somebody else in the group was like, he wants to go. We'll watch after him. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, fine. So they kind of talked me into it. And then later on, uh, Chai goes, why is this guy out here on open, open on a Dana 35? And I was like, I'm, I'm washing my hands of that one. Yeah. I tried already. So that kind of taught me to, if, if I really see a potential issue to kind of step up and, and say, hey, you know, fix, at least get some kind of locker in there. And we'll be super, super gentle when we're going through. We'll grandma drive you through the Rubicon, but... Um, if, if I see another open, open rig on a Dana 35 to kind of either put my foot down or just say, Hey guys, not my trip then. And I hope you guys have a great time. <laughs> yeah. so. What about you, Jimmy? Oh, I was trying to rattle my brain for a, a really excellent one. And I couldn't figure, I have a lot of ones that are like, that was a funny instance, but I don't have like any crazy ones in mind, but I told a story on our podcast before about going out on Barrett 
and saving a guy with a samurai by using a high lift jack handle and we slid the axle shafts into his rear axle with the high lift jack handle inside of there so it didn't because we had to pull his third member out because he blew it and so he was able to wheel all the way out of barrett with the high lift jack handle in the middle of his axle. Wow, that's really inventive. So that one was cool. But yeah. I was going to, so I don't think I've told the Pismo story. And I've been talking a lot about Pismo mm-hmm. on this episode. Um, in college, we threw a rager, like, down in Pismo. And we always, we never camped on the dune. Or we never camped on the beach. We always camped back in the dunes. And so what, uh, one of the benefits of that is we had a specific spot that the it's very windy on the beach Mm -hmm. but it's not very windy back in the dunes and so it's really relaxing and warmer and it's not that bad and so we had a long day like just out wheeling day and night and going crazy and like many popped beads you know from people going too fast and hitting corners luckily no problems whatsoever we dug a hole that would probably fit like a serious big truck and the rangers came by and were like oh my gosh that's the big we called it the party hole because the drunkest <laughs> the drunkest person would fall in the hole everybody else would be aware oh, that no. there's a hole there right and which, which is a stupid idea yeah. <laughs> but when you're young and naive it was it was funny you're and, like broken ankle that's hilarious right? <laughs> exactly but this hole was huge. like we had stadium seating sort of built into the hole and like it was huge what the hell? yeah it was do it you have was, any photos uh no but the rangers do <laughs> because the rangers showed up and they're like that is the biggest hole we've ever seen anybody dig like get up there and pose. I want to take a photo of this hole. <laughs> and so like two or three of my friends, we all hopped up with our shovels and we're posing and we're like, Oh yeah, this, this is awesome. And we're like, they snapped a photo and they're like, okay, now fill it in. <laughs> like, what are you guys like, doing? Here's a ticket. <laughs> yeah. It was, it wasn't like where people would drive, oh, gotcha. you know, it wasn't like we built a inverse car speed bump or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just this, um, massive hole, like sort of in a, sort of closed off area around surrounded by the, you know, the tents are blocking it. It was just, it, it was all around. It was a bad idea, but, <laughs> um, the Toyota alternators don't like to get wound out. They don't like high RPMs for a long time. And Bobcat for some reason needed to be at extremely high RPMs to even skate across the sand. And so when I started, I jumped the truck that weekend and I just got my brand new 37 MTRs on there and I bent the front axle. Oof. And so I went to the local like um, tire shop and I said, can I buy like some 31s? Like I just need some rollers because I'm driving home to college mm-hmm. and the axle's bent and it's you know just pulling a funny direction and I don't want to mess up my new tires. You know, <laughs> so he sold me these like super old <laughs> 29s so i had 29s on the front 37s in the rear (laughs) right with a bent axle and i start driving home with like all of our friends and we all had the like little motorolas and we're all in this caravan my buddy's in like this 1973 ford f-250 that was like rotted out and just nasty and whenever a cute girl would drive past us because i couldn't go fast i was like my axle was bent we're going super slow and we all had the Motorola. So whenever a cute girl passed us, we sort of had this approval process of the first person on the in the line should 
which was my buddy in the clapped out Ford, um, should chase after him and see if they could get her number, <laughs> which didn't work. I don't think they got a single number, but it was sure fun. And my alternator was dead. So about every 45 minutes or so, we pulled off onto the side of the road and we weren't smart enough to like swap the battery with another rig. We just hooked up jumper cables and sat there for like and an it hour. Charged. It charged. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, let's see if we can continue on. And we drove for like another 45 minutes and like pulled over on the side of the road. And at one point we like, I couldn't make it any farther. My truck was dying and had no power. We literally like Jimmy rigged jumper cables together to get it from one truck so you could just past. keep driving on no, the road? No, we didn't or? drive. Oh. Just a charge. We had to make an extension <laughs> oh, cord out of jumper you cables. You can do that, so you just clip them all together, yeah. right? Just yeah. goes, mm-hmm. works through itself. Yeah, and so we charged it. And I got pulled over probably five miles from my uh, apartment in college because I didn't have my headlights on. Um, and the rig in front of me and the rig behind me, we all pulled over together, but the cop somehow, the, my, my buddy who was behind me wasn't doing his job and staying on my <laughs> rear end so that no cop could come in. Yeah. Right. And so he pulled us over and all of my buddies pulled over and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, my alternator's out. I've got to go five more miles. I'm not running with my headlights because it's draining the yeah. juice out of the battery. You know, and it was dusk. It wasn't like super dark. Um, and he's like, just go home yeah like, get it out yeah and so uh, made it home changed the alternator swapped out an axle and s- still have the truck today so with the same alternator oh i doubt it yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and not the same tires yeah so. i hope not and not the same third up. member and not the same uh axle shafts yeah. <laughs> so it's all new axle after that so mm-hmm. gotcha but yeah that there's been there's many stories well, oh, I really yeah. like that one. A lot of <laughs> visuals. I, yeah. I made a lot of visuals in my head. That's like the party holes. <laughs> yeah. It was the funnest, stupidest thing. We had one time, we went to Pismo a lot. One time we dug a party hole and we had a good buddy of ours that had a concussion and he was drinking, which is another stupid thing that you, nobody should do. And then he was the one that fell in the party hole. Aww. We're like, what are you doing, Melvin? Like, I know, right? You're have a concussion. You're drinking, which is wrong. And then you were the one that fell in the party hole and probably hit your head on the side of the party hole, which is even stupider. But yeah. <laughs> He's probably fine. Oh, yeah. Where's He works at Disneyland, oh. and he's uh, um, he uh, works in one of the restaurants there, and he is like one of the lead uh, waiters that oversees the area and wears all the flair. Oh, the thirty-seven <laughs> pieces of flair. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like he's in the Winnie the Pooh suit, <laughs> <laughs> sweating in June. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe sometimes. Gotcha. So we want to thank Jimmy and Tyler for coming out to chat with us today. Where can our listeners find your products, your podcast, and how can they follow you guys if they want to? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so this is Jimmy. You can find me anywhere on Snail Trail 4x4 for, um, on Instagram and YouTube and snailtrail4x4.com for uh, the website and even Snail Trail 4x4 for the podcast. Um, my snail armor tailgate is currently underneath the snail trail four by four platform, but I will soon be building another website for that. So, cool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And what about you? Where can we find, we already said where we can find <laughs> you, but go ahead, <laughs> yeah. plug it again. Please. Uh, you can find me on Instagram over at four X four Toyota Tyler and then, uh, more flate and my offered radio. There's my offered radio.com. If you're interested in ham radio stuff, uh, I just started 
doing partnered with another company for the online classes. So that's going on over at hamradioprep.com. But uh, you can still do ham radio programming, uh, modifications to unlock radios, everything through the website at myoffroadradio.com. And Morflate is morflate.com. And then that's also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I think that's it. And your podcast is Snail Trail 4x4. And you can uh-huh. find it everywhere podcasts are. Everywhere, yep. Okay, cool. All right, well, mm-hmm. thank you guys. We really appreciate yeah. having yeah. you on. Yeah, thanks for yeah, having thanks us. Thanks for having thank us. You it's always yeah. fun hanging out with you guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll have to definitely have you back. It's awesome. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to use code ROUGHSTUFFPODCAST at checkout for an easy 10% off your entire order. Please email us with any questions or comments you have, podcast at roughstuffinc.com, and leave us a five-star review. Thanks.